Hi, this is Ken Doherty, and you're listening to Red Devil Talk, the podcast with Jimmy Williams. Calling for it. James can only fist it. It comes for Cantona! I don't believe it! Well left by York, fed by Cole. Back to Andy Cole for Dwight York. Fantastic goal for Manchester United. Can Manchester United score? They always score. Gates with a shot! Welcome to another episode of Red Devil Talk, the podcast. This week, something a bit different for you. United fans have been really lucky lately. There have been some excellent releases of United-related books, and there is another one coming, the big Manchester United book of the 70s, which is a comprehensive look at the decade, including match reports, player profiles, statistical information, and interviews with some iconic players who bring the era back to life in their own words. I'm delighted to say I'm joined this morning by the authors of the book, both United Historians, Two men who have forgotten more about United than I would probably ever know. Firstly, Roy Kavana, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good, Jimmy. Good to speak to you and actually see you. We've, we've done many of these, but uh, I know it's a great, great connection. Thank you it's very great. much for the invite. No problem. Carl Abbott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time. Hi, Jimmy. Good to be here. Roy, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, a decade of drama for United, great highs. Great lows, they were never far apart. The 70s, I suppose, is an era when many United fans fell in love with United. Take me through the beginning of the book, if you can. How did the idea for this come about? Yeah, well, I, I got a phone call from um, another Abbott. It wasn't Carl, it, it was no relation to him, but a, a chap called Colin Abbott, who's a, a very fine Aston Villa historian. And he'd done a couple of books on Villa who, of course, are a really famous club, um, you know, long, great history, uh, many of it before 1970. Um, but they'd done two books for Legends Publishing, and he said the guy there, a chap called David Lane, um, the publisher, was looking to do something on United, and uh, who would he recommend? And he, he very kindly put my name forward. So before I said anything, I, I rang Carl because... Carl and I have been working, uh, I suppose, prodigiously in the last um, three years, two, three years. I mean, we've done, uh, we did Johnny Carey book, which um, I think you've got, Jimmy, and, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a great book to write. Uh, we, we did the book about uh, the day two teams died, which covered the eight journalists who also lost their lives tragically at Munich. Uh, we then did one about United in the 60s, a different one to this. Uh, that one was, um, you know, memories of what the 60s was anyhow, the swinging 60s, how life went from greyness to psychedelic colour into, into madness and whatever. And, and Manchester United were, were right at the epicentre of this. And then recently, um, we put a book together on one of United's three great chairmen, Harold Hardman. The first two great chairmen uh, would be J.H. Davis, who instigated the word Manchester United, and James Gibson, um, who, who then rescued Manchester United. And Harold Hardman took over from 
then when he sadly died, and then it was followed by the Edwards. But the first three were great chairmen. So I rang Callum, and we were both up for it. Uh, I wasn't sure if we, we both knew what we were letting ourselves in for, um, and we'll bring Carl into this as well in, in a moment. But um, we got in touch with Dave, and, and he, he asked us, would we do it? He sent us the Aston Villa book that he'd done. He also had done one. He's a big Brentford fan. So tomorrow's a big day for him. Um, and he sent us that. Very similar books. 400 odd pages. Theirs are mainly black and white. And he has very kindly, in this book, uh, it's virtually all colour. So there must be 420 pages and there must be 100 coloured, glossy pictures. Plus a lot of memorabilia programmes. Games in Ireland, for example, where we played friendlies and 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 that. And Carl himself, who's... Uh, um, you know, brilliant at, at many things. Um, but it, it, the 70s was his real time, and, uh, and perhaps he'll come on to that in a minute, when he, he first really uh, got into it, and he was going to the away matches with certainly his, his father, his late father, and, and certainly at least one of his brothers, perhaps uh, two of them. Uh, and he, he took some great photographs from a fan's perspective, and I'm delighted that some of those have actually got into the book as well. So that's how the book came about. Carl, can you explain the writing process to me? How did you and Roy go about gathering the information for this book? So we're quite complementary, I would say. We work well together. Um, one one thing to say before anything is, actually, I've never met anybody uh, that has the memories of United as Roy Cavan. <laughs> he remembers everything. His memory is phenomenal. Uh, my memory isn't as phenomenal. I'm decent on United, but I just can't remember in the, in the way that Roy goes game by game by game by game and every single detail. Um, but what I, what I can do a bit more is um, I, I'm more in terms of the research. I can, I can dig data out. I can find data. And so in, in some respects, we tend to work. Roy does a, a, a draft and then I work with it, fact check it, add detail, add, add specifics. So... I kind of underpin the, the, the initial work that Roy does. And so we, we, we're a good team together, I would say. I just want to jump back to something a moment ago, Carl, if that's okay. Roy mentioned uh, United in the 60s, which I've just finished. Yeah. I think he did a really good job on that. I thoroughly enjoyed it, I have to say. One thing I loved and one thing I thought he did really well in that book was you documented the social changes at that time. I mean, in 63, 64, you mentioned the great train robbery. You mentioned the musicians that were dominating the charts at that time. I'm wondering, will there be any of that in this upcoming book? It's different, but yes, in, in a different way. Um, the, the reports, in some respects, is more factual. So every single game, there's a report of the match, uh, a brief report. Every single player, there's a report of the player. But the way that the, 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 the scene is, is documented this way is something that we'd wished we'd been able to do in our previous books. It's photographic, essentially. So th that's the benefit of us working with a publisher this time, um, that we can get absolutely brilliant photos. And then not only that, um, Roy, Roy said I have photos. They were my father's photos. So my dad used to take us to every game. It's unthinkable that this could happen now, I think. We're an ordinary family. My dad was a teacher, a decent job. Uh, but he took me and my three brothers, so five of us, he took us to every game, home and away, from 1975 
onwards. And it's almost unthinkable that anybody could do that now, that could, could afford to do that now. Um, mm. But he took photos at those games as well. So, you know, there's no better... There's no better way than understanding the scene than seeing the picture of, of me and my four, me and my three brothers outside Ellen Road with our scarf, etc. So you, you really do, I think, get it's very evocative, I think, to look at those pictures and to look at the crowds and to look at the fans and to see how how the match was in those days and, and how it is now. And and it's a cliche to say pictures paint a thousand words, but I I, I really do think that's uh a fantastic way that this book has, has, has done that. And, and I really do think that's, that's why I've enjoyed this book so much. And, and to be able to have some of you know, my, my dad's photos in there is fantastic. But I, I, if I say so myself, I think they're a, a brilliant resource because people didn't take cameras to the match in those days. People didn't have phones. So it's unusual to have such a collection, really. So it's great to put those in alongside the professional photographs, which are professional they're absolutely brilliant so i would say that's how we document things in that respect brilliant and um, just sticking with carl for the minute uh roy mentioned earlier that it was the 70s where i suppose your love for united uh came about you mentioned the games you've gone to yeah. there you mentioned the influence of your family uh what's your favorite moment of the 70s or was there a particular moment of the book that you enjoyed researching and writing about i i to, to pick a moment, you would have to say the 77 Cup final, winning, winning the Cup final, stopping Liverpool as well, beating Liverpool in a Cup final. There's, there's, there's nothing to beat that. And, and, and it needs to be put into context that winning, winning that Cup final, it was the only major trophy of the decade. We won the second division and we shared a charity shield in the 70s. Those were our only three trophies. I think we won a Watney's five-a-side tournament, maybe, in there as well. That was it. And winning the cup for any team in those days was was the pinnacle in in, in many ways. So, I mean, that moment was, was magical. But alongside that, I would say just the experience of being a fan. Um, I, I started my, my first game was on my eighth birthday, which is the second of January, nineteen seventy one. That was my first game at Old Trafford, Middlesbrough at home in the FA Cup, and I was bored to tears, if I'm if I'm honest, at, at that age. Didn't really understand what was going on. But I, I went to almost all the home games in the second division and about half the away games, I would say, maybe, maybe a bit under half. And just that experience of being part of the, the, the Red Army as such, just the sense of belonging, the sense of unity, the sense of pride in being a fan is, is my memory of that, that decade. So the, the individual moment, no doubt the 77 Cup final, but just the, the feeling of being amongst other Reds I think it's unequal, and you know, I'd have that back in a, in a click of the fingers any day to, to to what we have what we have today. Right, it really was an era when fans fell in love with the club. I'm going to ask you the same question. In addition to the moments that Carl has mentioned, is there anything that stands out for you? A particular moment of the '70s? Anything in particular that you really enjoyed researching and writing about for this book? Yeah, I, I agree entirely with Carl. I, I mean, obviously, I was I was uh, I'm much much older than Carl. <laughs> um, so at the beginning of the seventies, um, you know, I was I was twenty three, twenty four. I was already married to two children, uh, and I'd and I'd been watching. So from nineteen seventy, I'd been already watching United for for a good fifteen years. Uh, and I and I'd seen everything, uh, virtually everything, 
which does give you, uh, if I say so myself, uh, a fairly more relaxed and a more understanding situation of moments in time. Uh, because they're your club, and if they're your club, you will have good times and bad times. And I can assure, any, I can assure anybody out there that if you genuinely want to support Manchester United, the days and times of goodness, excuse my bad, bad English, but the days and time of good times will far, far outweigh uh, other bad times. So into the 70s, um, in a later time, I, I got to know Wilf McGuinness very, very well. A, a, a really lovely man. And of course, Wilf was the, the first manager um, uh, in, the seven, in the 70s. Um, and he was quite successful, but they did finish eight twice, I think. And he got them to uh, two or three semi-finals, um, which they were unlucky to lose, certainly in, in a couple of them, um, and one they should definitely have won. I think it needs noting there as perspective, he finished eighth. Now, you know, if we go to present times, and I'm not going to go into whether Ollie should be the man or shouldn't be the man, but the last two seasons we've finished third and second uh, in, a, in a much more pressurised era of football than it was in the 70s. Um, and we went through, and then, uh, of course, Wilf got dismissed, and Matt Busby came back. So there are five managers that are profiled in this book, which includes Matt Busby's short return tenure. Um, and then they went to uh, the, the Irishman from Cork, Frank O'Farrell. And I remember going to Halifax to watch his very first match, which was a Watney Cup game. I think Halifax may, I'm not sure then if we had the third and fourth divisions or, or what. Um, but Halifax was certainly in the lower division. They absolutely chucked it down. Absolutely. United, I remember, were in all white. Within about 10 minutes, everyone was all muddied up. And Bess, Lauren, Charlton played. This is the beginning of 1971-2 season. And Halifax beat United 2-1. And you thought, wow, Frank's got a problem in here. And his first six games for United as manager, um, Four of them were away, and the two old matches were actually ordered to be played away from Old Trafford because of a knife-throwing incident the season before, and Old Trafford was closed. So we played Arsenal, who were the double winners the year before at Liverpool, and we played West Bromwich Albion at Stoke. And, and I think of the six games offhand, I think we won four, and drew one and we, and, and we lost one. And, you know, we went to Chelsea. Uh, we're one nil down. Um, one one. George got sent off and yet we won three two. Uh, we beat Arsenal, who were the double winners, three one. Um, and they, they'd drawn at Derby County, I think, two two, who were the, uh, you know, a top side. So O'Farrell had a, a flying star, and from the August to Christmas, he played some tremendous stuff, really incredible. And then the wheels totally came off. And after Frank, obviously Tommy came in. And, and I remember ringing Carl and saying, I've just finished the 
have to get these right, 73-74 season, uh, which was the season we got relegated. And I remember ringing Carl and saying, I, I, I've not been as so depressed writing about United. The first August till about February, for argument's sake, um, we disgracefully let Dennis Law leave. Bobby Charlton retired, as was his uh, desire. George had gone on a walkabout. One that gets forgotten, we let Tony, go Tony Dunn, one of the world's great fullbacks, go on a free transfer to Bolton Wanderers. And Tommy then moved Martin Buchan, who is probably still one of our finest ever defenders, into the left-back position. And young Jerry Daly made his debut, and Sammy McElroy was still a young man, and Greenoff was Brian Greenoff. And, but the football was awful, and it was no surprise. Uh, I, I think you interviewed, did you interview Jimmy McElliott recently? I did. Um, he was a, a great man to listen to. Yeah, and we signed Jimmy McCallion, and we, we signed him about March. And the, the improvement was profound. And, and genuinely, if we'd have had him a month earlier, we, we may just have survived relegation. But in a bizarre way, and Carl's just alluded to it a bit, in a bizarre way, relegation was something that was incredibly needed, uh, you know, just to kickstart the Manchester United. For some reason, the one game that does live in my memory was, was going to Hillsborough for the semi-final against Derby County when we won 2-0 uh, to reach the 1976 Cup final. And I think what made that more emotional and more memorable and more fitting was that, so we reached the 1976 final and that was the first final we'd reached since the 68 European um, Cup final. And I think it was that feeling that, wow, that was um, a marker. And Carl, absolutely right. The impact, it's very difficult for younger people to, to get this, I, I understand. But the impact of, of the FA Cup right through and the FA Cup final was amazing in those days, as I'm sure Carl will, will agree. No, I just, uh, I just agree with, with, with Ray on that. I mean, the, 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 the Cup the third round of the FA Cup was as big a day in the football season for everybody. Everyone travelled up and down. The motorways were full of fans travelling up and down. And so to win the cup was, I don't know, almost as the same as winning the, the league. We never, we never. It was a long time until I saw United <laughs> win, win the league, of course. But you know, it, it was just such a, such a big day, and mm. the, the amount of fans that could travel, of course, in those days just made it special as, as well as a, as a tournament and. Uh, you know, I was I was happy with that that cup win for the for the decade, and I was happy with winning '83 and '85 for the '80s in many ways. You know, we thought we were rich in those days. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you in association with Classic Retro Shirts. Classic Retro Shirts sell a large variety of retro jerseys from a number of clubs and countries and are very prominent on Manchester United. United season ticket holders themselves, giving fans a chance to look back through history. Classic Retro Shirts are on Instagram at ClassicRetros2 or you can visit their website at ClassicRetros.co.uk. To get a £10 discount off your purchase, you can use the code RDT10 at the checkout on the website or you can send the code via direct message to their Instagram. Classic Retro Shirts.
generally, I suppose, Carol, the 70s is, is deemed a dark period in United's history. Roy just mentioned it, the relegation in 73, 74. You've mentioned, however, the cup victory in 77. There was McElroy's debut in 71. There was Willie Morgan, Koppel, Gordon Hill, Greenhoff. There were yeah. some bright moments too in the 70s, weren't there? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in, in some respects, I was lucky because of my age. You know, I, I first regularly started going in the second division. So you, you may call me a glory hunter in those days because <laughs> I, was, I, I was seeing the success. I, am, I, I, I remember United going down. I remember how it affected my dad and things like that. But, you know, I, I just saw success in the, in, in the second division. But it, it, it shouldn't be forgotten um, just how attractive United's football was in those days. And, and, and it was a contrast to what was happening elsewhere. You know, the two wingers, particularly Hill and Koppel, at that time, and the football Doherty played, was almost the antidote to the football most of the other teams were playing in those days. People had become very negative mm. in, in the late 60s, early 70s, the sort of Leeds, mm. the Reavy. Uh, wingers had got out of fashion. And, and United were the opposite. United played with, with flair, with, with a, 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 a attacking intent. You, you know, the United way, you might want, want to say. But, you know, we played... Tremendous football in those days. We had some, we did have some brilliant players actually throughout those seasons. And, and you know, the pain, as Roy says in some ways, the pain of the early years makes the pleasure better. You know, the, the, the promotion from the second division, the, the scenes at the end of that game against Blackpool, the pride that had everybody, that everybody had in being back, we were back. You know, United are back. That's what everybody's saying. And, uh, you know, when we came back there, we, we lit the first division up. Don't don't have any. Uh, what, what what's the right what's the right way of saying it? But we we were the, the most excited team without any doubt in the, in those few years after that season. And I've got a lot of reports on that. Players saying, uh, journalists saying, this is the best team I've ever seen. It sounds difficult to imagine mm -hmm. now, but we played with style. There's no doubt about that. And we had some very good players actually. Uh, looking back dotted throughout that decade, no doubt about that. Maybe you can say, you know, we had the best players in the first division in the British Isles in those days. Now it's a much more worldwide game. Maybe technically mm. people are better, I don't know. But the football was, was fantastic for many, for, 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 for much of that decade, actually. The second half, certainly. As Carl mentioned, Roy, your memory of games and events is it's remarkable. I'm curious to ask, when you were researching for this book, was there anything you learned or was there anything maybe that you've forgotten about and relearned? Yes, there was. Um, I, I, as I say, I think the point I was making there at the beginning of the 73-4 season when we got relegated, because I, I watched the games and uh, I went to some of the away games. Uh, I got a very old family then. Um, but I, I certainly went to every home game. Uh, and I just didn't recall how bad how bad it was, if you, if you understand what I mean. But you went, and, and of course in those days, you know, as Carl's just alluded, there's no mobile phone, uh, there's no Facebook, there's no Twitter, there's no TalkSport, there's no SkySport, there's no 24-hour, you know, where they've got to make a story that's a fact into a lie and they've got to make assumptions all the time just to get the killer bait 
Um, and but in those days, and this may sound coy, and I don't know, but this is the way it was. You went to the game. Let's look at that the year they went down. You went to the match. I had my seat then in in K stand because I had uh, K stand had opened um, seventy two three. I'm pretty sure. And I had a great seat right behind the goal, uh, you know, but high up so that you were you were elevated to to see the whole pitch. And you you met mates around who you never saw any anywhere else, and you just discussed the game. Oh, why did we do that? Oh, well. and then you're walking home. You might have bumped into someone. Oh, did you see it? How did he miss that bloody goal? And and then you got all and you got the pink, uh, and you read about it, and went in work Monday morning and probably had a bit of banter or good or bad. But but that was it. I mean, if we'd have won six nil, or you know, not if we'd have lost six nil, but it was your club and it it was your game. But there was but life was going on around it. It was very, very important, but you know, you didn't need to make stories up. You didn't need to make exaggerated claims. Um, and you know, it was just the pride, really. I suppose it is that that was your club. And, you know, if I can just say something about the the what what I realised I didn't remember and did remember, if that's possible, Jimmy. For me, I was surprised how much I had forgotten in 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 certain games actually uh, surprised mm. myself because I, I did think that era I remembered everything but the things that the, the thing the thing I think is significant that I do remember is, is incidents before the match and after the match and the like so it's that whole experience and, and mm. you know that's the sadness with the game well I mean especially in the last year when people haven't been able to go at all of course and and in in a way, the modern game. I'm I'm not one of these people. I think who thinks everything was better in the past and everything's terrible now necessarily. But the experience of going to the match was far more than the ninety yes. minutes. And and, and yes. I've got so many memories that revolve, just tiny little things, revolve about getting to the match and before the match and in the ground before the game and after the game, etc. That I don't I don't imagine I have any of those memories in, in, in recent times. So that's the thing that I learned, that, 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 you know, the nostalgia is not just for the 90 minutes, it's for the experience of being a fan and everything that went with it. Yeah, well said. Very well said. And, and I agree entirely with that, Jimmy. I'll tell you one thing that I did, I had forgot, um, and it did surprise me, and it was right at the end of the, of, of the decade. And again, Carl and I discussed this. Um, because Sexton had, had replaced Doherty. Um, we got beat with Arsenal in that emotional 3-2 game. But the year after, which was 79-80, we came second. And we actually lost the title by two points to Liverpool. And Cal mentioned this to me numerous times. But never any stage in that season, really, did you actually think you were going to win it. But when you look back, they finished up two points behind, because it was two points for a win as well, don't forget. Two points behind Liverpool. And we lost the last game 2-0 at Leeds. In, in defence, we were, we were level points with Liverpool going into that match. But they had a far superior goal difference anyhow. So even if we won and, and Liverpool won, they were going to win the league. But you never even thought, you, were, you thought, well, we're closer. But you never really got excited about it, did you, Carl? You didn't realise, but you didn't realise you were that close, though, did you, really? 
I, I, I didn't. I didn't feel so. I mean, we, we, we got close by winning, was it the last six games, the last seven games before the Leeds game? Yeah, which included beating Liverpool, didn't it, as well? Yeah, we, yeah exactly. And we, we crept back into it, but I, I never felt at that time. I mean, there are other times. In 76, we could have done the double. Yes, yes. We were close We were close to doing the double, actually, when you look at those things. But I don't know. I, 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 I don't, over, over time, I just began to assume I would never see United win the, the league and, and, and gave up all hope of it. Uh, it culminated in 92. After 92, I thought we'd never, never do it. But Of course, that Leeds game in, in the last game of the season, there was something between 10 and 15,000 United fans at Ellen Road. So <laughs> it was a good day out regardless. <laughs> <laughs> we, were you all wishing each other a happy summer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, as you mentioned, Roy, you mentioned Martin Buchan, who uh, does the foreword for this book. What was it like well, to work? Uh, before we go any further, both Carl and I, whilst we uh, profusely thank Martin, we'd like to thank you because it was your magnificent interview with Martin, which made Martin look so approachable. And it was contacting yourself uh, to ask for the contact. So you, you played a, a big part in, in that. And, and quite rightly, he's an, he's, he's an absolutely top, top bloke. Well, you're very kind to say that. I appreciate that. It's a pleasure to be involved in even the smallest of ways. And just to, just, just to say on his, his forward, actually... Um, I, I wasn't. I, I was surprised, but not surprised when I read it because it, it's just absolutely perfect English, and and you know, very personal and, and, and his perfect memories of, of 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 that period. It's immaculate, like the player himself. You know, understated, yes. modest in a way, but but just he he was like that as a player. He was perfect as a player. Actually, probably the player of the decade. For United, he played the most games I think for United in that decade. But just typical of his style, actually, that 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 forward in many ways, a superbly written piece, actually, fantastic. I don't know if you asked him, Jimmy, but I, I, I did say, Ma Martin, have you thought of writing a book yourself? Because you know, as Carl said, he, he he could actually write that himself. He wouldn't need anybody else. He's a very educated man. Yeah. Uh, uh, grammar schools in, in Aberdeen and, and very, very good education. But he said to me, no, he said, this will be the closest anybody, because it's, it's over 2,000 words, um, will get to, um, to hearing my views. Um, he's, 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 he's nearly writing that, but, but your article, of course, also contains some, some marvellous stuff. I feel very lucky that I get to speak to these people. Uh, Carl. As I mentioned in the intro, this book will feature interviews with some of the players of the time. Can you give us some names of who we can expect, or will we leave that as a surprise? Well, no, I mean, uh, those were interviews that Roy did uh, nearer the time, actually. You know, it's like, uh, to, do, to a degree, it's archive material, but there's, there's uh, Alex Stepney, Sammy McElroy, George Best. Um, Matt Busby. Matt Busby, of course, yeah, met, yeah. Met, met many players. So that, that, that information is kind of interspersed with, within the book and in the player and manager profiles, isn't it, Roy? Roy Roy's probably better to, to, to speak on that. I, I transcribed all those. I put, put a lot of those interviews on, on, on YouTube and the, the like from Roy's cassettes, actually. 
It's another little treasure source that we've got. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I found uh, 11 interviews, at least 11 interviews, on TDK tapes, Jimmy. And, and, and Kel's managed to, to put them on a, on a, on a web, YouTube page that people can listen to. Johnny yeah. Kerr is one of them. Uh, Wilf, Jack of course. Wilf, Jack Rowley, you know, uh, Samat, um, um, but Alex Stepney, uh, George, uh, I'd, I'd met quite a few times. Um, Lou McCary, I've, I've met. Uh, Sammy McElroy, uh, I, I'd interviewed as well. So where I could, we interspersed those, those thoughts into either the player bio or, or where it was applicable. Brilliant. I suppose for many Reds, and this has been any time I do an interview for Red News, and I, I ask for questions or suggested questions, I always get asked about the Wolves FA Cup quarter final replay in 76. For many United fans, that is one of the most memorable nights of their lives. And still, almost half a century on, that emotion still feels as vivid. I'm wondering, how is this captured in the book? Is there photos of this or... I'm not sure. Uh, there's definitely photos. I'd, I'd have to check if there's specific photos of, of that that match. I know there's photos of United at Wolves, so I, I would hope there is. It's, it's it's worth checking. Just to say, that's one of the matches I, I missed. That's the match I most regret missing in, in my entire United yeah. career. I, I was at school at those days, and my dad went, and he took my two older brothers. And I don't think there was time for him to pick me up from school to go there, so I had to listen on the radio to that game. <laughs> that seriously, I, I the two nil down, three two up. Now we're going to win the cup. It's the game I most regret missing yeah. because uh, what a fantastic match! Yeah. I, the, 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 the bit further on from that, the one that really sticks in my mind, of course, is is the Liverpool semi-finals in uh, in '79. Uh, both of them. I mean, we played well at Main Road, and uh, you know we we got beat. Sorry, we drew two two. Uh, they got a, a late equaliser, I seem to remember. Um, but the game at, uh, at Goodison Park was just—it was fraught with some. There must be another word beside tension, but you know, all around the ground there was something. Uh, it was a feeling all the way around the ground. Oh, and that piece of green is where a football match is going on. Uh, and then, you know, I was behind the, actually the goal and, and Mickey Thomas, who, another one I've interviewed, by the way, Mickey's obviously in the book, and he sent his crossover, as it bounced up and banging in the back of the net. Um, but I always remember, those of you who have been to, to Goodison Park, where, the, where they play as entrances, it's quite a narrow street now. And I, I keep having my, in my mind, I'm thinking, hang on a minute, all the Liverpool fans were at that end of the ground. All the United fans are at this end of the ground. We've got to walk that way. <laughs> and they're coming back to their city. And I'm thinking, that wasn't a great idea. But it, it, was a, it was a pleasure to get back in the car, lock the doors and start the engine. Let's put it up. <laughs> so I'm going to leave this question open to the two of you. Whoever wants to answer can answer, or both of you can jump in. Uh, what do you hope readers take away from this book? Well, I personally hope that people this will be a real history ride through a decade that as Carl said is probably the least successful since the Second World War and yet for those who can remember it it brought some indelible memories that 
just never leave them. Uh, some incredible scenes, uh, some bad, but a lot of goodness as well, and um, a real awareness of what it meant to, to know that Manchester United were your club uh, and they were a club worth following. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same. Kind of, uh, do you know, the, 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 there's, there's a real nostalgia in it, but just, the, uh, I think you get a pride from being part of that club and looking at that book. From, from, for, for those who were there, it will bring those memories back, you know, the, the pride that you felt. And for those that weren't there, I, I hope it gives an insight into what it was, what it was like to, 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 to go to the games in those days. Do you know what a fantastic time it, it was in many ways, as well as all the negative things that were there. Just the joy of the simple pleasure of being with your mates at the, at, at the match, actually. It'll bring it, bring it back, I think. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Brilliant. There's 101, 101 other fixtures, Jimmy, uh, um, which would be testimonials, tours, um, friendly games in, in, in Britain, uh, in, in the world. 101 from 1972. Uh, you know. Post season friendlies in those days. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's incredible, but it was, I mean, you start at 100,000 and it could go to 130,000 for this friendly, it was against Ajax, I think, yep. um, in, in Indonesia, incredible. Another point, the bios of the players, and I think there's 76, but to get the bio, you had to have played at least one official game, even if it was a substitute. So there's a guy called Jimmy Kelly. Uh, who played one one game, I think, as a substitute. So he, he's in the bio, along with George Best, uh, Alex Stepney, Martin Buckham, um, and, and Sammy McElroy and all those. But there, we came across one guy, Peter Lofman, his name was, L-O-U-G-H-A-N-N-E, uh, Peter Lofman. And he played 11 games in what would term friendlies and testimonials. But he played in that Indonesia tour, he played against Red Star Belgrade at Old Trafford. He played against Glasgow Celtic at Celtic Park. So he played in some really big games, but he, he wouldn't appear as a bio because he didn't play in a, we do mention this, of course, uh, in an official game. Um, it's, it's, it's it was incredible to do. I have to also say, of course, that the checking uh, is probably the, mo the most difficult situation because you know, you're reading it, you've written it, Carl's read it, written it, adjusted it, and then you find, there was one one particular thing, uh, I, I had the habit of not putting full stops at the end of something. Uh, I, I, it, was the, it was teams, I think it was teams, you know, you going one yeah. to 11, and so and full stop, I, oh God, I mean, little things, seemingly little things like that, and it was, uh, uh, I nearly said enjoyable, but well, it has, hasn't it, Carl? Yeah, of course. It's good. It's yeah. good to finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I love this, and I look forward to reading it. I wish you every success with it. Yeah. I know it'll be successful. Yeah. I read your work, so I don't doubt that this will be as well. Yeah. And, and, and I, I keep up the work with Red News, uh, 
Jimmy, because the, the fanzines are more important than ever. So uh, if, if we can support them in any way, we always will. Absolutely. Can I, just, can I just doubly mention that regarding Barney? I, I mean, absolutely incredible what he's done for, for United fans. Andy Mitten deserves utmost uh, credit as well. But of course, I, I've done much more with, uh, with Barney and yourself, Jimmy. Uh, and, and absolutely brilliant. Much, much needed. I hope we can do this again. You mentioned Solskjaer. You mentioned maybe this is not the podcast to chat about his progression, but I hope we can do another one and chat about that and get your views on... Yeah. Any t- no anytime, Jim. Anytime, yeah. I mean, a pleasure. You just give us a call. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. Will do. Guys, lovely to see you. Okay, thanks a lot. Really. No yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Great, All the best. Thanks for listening to Red Devil Talk. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Red Devil Talk. If you listen on an Apple device, please consider leaving a review and a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments or want more information on Red Devil Talk podcasts, you can get in touch via email at reddevilTalkMedia at gmail.com.